This is an adult podcast made by adults for adults. Late recording, late editing, and my audio gets fucked up by the end of this episode too. This is the consequences of trying to do a podcast while traveling. Forgive me for being bad at being a human. I do hope that you enjoy this episode of Fake Film Fans. Welcome to Fake Film Fans, a podcast for thoughtful degenerates. I'm Suede Best, and I'll be honest, I miss my boy. I miss my boy. <laughs> That's true. I just left. This is going to be the greatest episode of all time, though. This is going to be a chaos episode, but again, I have to say, Walt, if you don't say your name at the beginning of the podcast, I'll die. It's important to me that you say your name at the beginning of the podcast. Yes, but if you do die, doesn't that give us potentiality to change this podcast to what you really want this podcast to be? A witchcraft podcast about wizards well, and magic. I love wizards. I love magic. I love magical wizards that are not Harry Potter, but please say your name. Please, dear Lord, say your name. I feel like you are actually tempting me to try this every beginning of every episode now. That I'm just oh, gonna... No, I'm really not. This is oh, gonna no. be a new oh, bit where oh. I just have to stall my <laughs> opener so that I can watch you oh, die. Oh, my bones! You're turning my bones into dust, Walt. Oh, my, my blood is turning to... to ink oh no oh Oh, just say your name oh no oh oh, oh, hi my name's walter bob 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 my name's my name's walter bob Bob, and i love podcasts my name is walter and i'm super girl crazy (laughs) super girl crazy super girl crazy okay so for those of you who don't know walter and i spent a glorious week together in the flesh after probably what like four years four five years uh no not that long just for covid that's true just for covid well four or five years for you because you did like good math okay yeah the math where you don't use your fingers to count that type of math you yeah, did yeah, that yeah. math so yeah. obviously four or five years to you to me it felt it felt like a million it felt like a million years but uh, how many well, days not- how many <laughs> yeah. days how many days do you think it was then how many days since we last saw each other? If it was two, three years we haven't seen each other, how many days would that range be? Uh, it would be like 365 times three, which is not math I can do in my head. Uh, let me well, count. use your fingers. Let me see. I'm using my fingers. One, two, three, four, uh, a thousand. That's pretty good. I didn't realize you had a thousand fingers. The correct answer is 10. I do. Because you only have 10 fingers. 10 days. That's true. Uh, it's 20 because I use my toes. <laughs> I have 21 because I have an 11th one. You have a secret 11th toe. <laughs> but so Walter and I managed to say, uh, hang out for <laughs> a week and A, didn't record a podcast episode and B, didn't watch any yeah. movies. But we did watch 14 episodes of Supergirl. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, to be honest, I think you're selling it short how badly we didn't record the podcast and how badly we didn't watch a movie. Yeah, we, we like kept setting up to do it and then we just kept i mostly just kept getting distracted yes what were the movies you wanted to watch you wanted to watch bullet train maybe yeah i wanted to watch bullet train and what else did you want to watch oh beast which i which uh terry talked about on the podcast before beast the movie about the like monster lion uh that stars idris alba and then we wanted to watch bridezilla 
which also never happened. Yeah, we didn't get we didn't get to that either. But we, I mean, we had a really good time, right? And you you got to, some of the, our listeners got to meet you. For instance, shout out to uh, Haley at the coffee shop, aka dead, dead, the Dead Kennedys fan. Do they want to get a shout out immediately? Okay. Why not? We'll shout them out. We'll shout them out. We'll give them a shout out. We won't dox them. We'll just give them a shout out. Haley at the coffee shop. By the way, this is I guess the first time I've learned your name. <laughs> yeah but so we we got to meet some people it's good it was good my favorite fan we met because we're gonna rank okay. them in we're ranking our fans yeah. cool, cool, s tier cool. s tier fans to f tier fans right my s tier fan okay. was myself okay because you yes. are a fan of the podcast i yes. am too okay you got to meet yourself by the way listeners Swede was a little concerned that i was uh i hated the podcast too much so I'm just here to tell everyone, I don't hate the podcast. No, he loves the podcast. I just podcast. hate Swade. He hates me. He hates me. This, is, this podcast is ruining my friendship. It's also ruining my life. It's ruining <laughs> um, But so who's your least favorite fan that you met? <laughs> who's the F tier fan? I actually, it was very fun to uh, meet people. The reason why I actually wanted to pretend we were ranking fans is because I don't know too many of our fans. So we are passing out bookmarks all throughout my travel trips in the US, though I am being slow in Baltimore. <laughs> However, if you get a bookmark or see a bookmark and end up listening to this episode because of that, let us know. Yeah, please do. Let us know. We kind of want to know how well our bookmarks are doing. And also, as my host is walking down the stairs, you might be hearing some footsteps and some interrupting this episode because there's like four people upstairs and I'm not going to be able to tell them not to go to work. And they're gonna make these tum 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 noises as they come. Which down the uh, do you want to you want to say who you're staying with right now? Because that's a little bit. Funny. I don't know. Donut. Do you want me to say your name on the podcast? Donut says no. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Walter's current host is my ex, who is a good human and who I I have no umbrage with. The funniest thing is that actually, <laughs> dude. See, in a bad mood. That's the problem. Oh, uh, that's why I didn't really want them interrupting. They're ruining the, <laughs> oh, the podcast. Is ruined scuffed podcast. By the way, listeners, Swade wanted Donut. in a bad mood on the podcast, but I don't know if my that is I don't not know if my true. mic is going to pick it up. So it might just be us talking because my mic is kind of a professional mic. It's a professional mic. A professional how mic. Rich I am. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we haven't even mentioned a movie yet. Quick, say a movie. It's a movie podcast. Say okay, a movie. So I've actually been planning this podcast for a while, despite how late we're recording this. I wanted to talk about the movie I watched called Muscle. Remember Muscle? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it good? <laughs> Dude, it was the same shit of Hisayasu Sato. So if you don't know Hisayasu Sato, he's a very, very famous extreme gore director of Japan. And in my opinion, his plot summaries are always way more interesting than the films themselves sometimes. <laughs> but I finally watched the scene of that gay sex where the guy was poking the other guy's nipples and then taking cream cheese and spreading it over his chest. So I know what that person was referencing now when they wrote that as a review for that movie. I have a question, Walt. You mentioned the first time that it was a documentary. Are all of his movies oh, documentary, I, or does no, he do I all of them? No, I fucked up. My English was bad. It's not. A <laughs> I knew that couldn't be a documentary. I was like, you, you fucking idiot! You goddamn dumbass! It's like Walter's like, this is this movie? It's this documentary about this guy who has a love affair, and then his lover goes to jail, and he's into gore. And I was like, 
that doesn't sound like a documentary. That sounds like some fucked up brain thing you came up with, Walter. But I wasn't going to call him out. I wasn't going to call him out. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so it's not a documentary. It's not a documentary. The only documentary we know about muscle is his bigger, faster, stronger. Well, have you seen the documentary about the guy? He's got super big muscles. Um, was it Sweet Best the Chad? Sweet Best the Chad. No, it's, it, it takes place in World War II. It's this documentary about this guy who, like, is too scrawny to get in the army. And so then a secret scientist gets him super muscles and he becomes a powerful soldier and a captain what is it called uh i think it's called uh captain america have you seen that documentary <laughs> that the documentary too <laughs> yeah have you seen okay, that documentary okay. captain I america actually, you know what funny enough out of all the documentaries made by marvel i have seen that one <laughs> That is the only documentary I've actually seen, so... What about the documentary about the martial artist um, who has to fight a bunch of demon ghosts? Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi, that's also a good documentary, right? You, First you of all, the- I don't think Shang-Chi uses martial arts. He doesn't have, like, martial art powers? He? I thought he just shoots rings out of his fists. Tony Leung was not exactly known for martial arts, by the way. He's known for, like, staring beautifully at his daughter or his girlfriend's eyes. That's, like, <laughs> not really Tony Leung's thing, fighting. He's, like an art house connoisseur who is naked half naked sitting with leslie jern as they like kind of kiss but can't kiss properly because they're asian gay people not western gay people wait are you are you talking you're talking about uh the muscle documentary again no i'm talking about tony learn from shang chi the villain oh i didn't know i didn't know the director of shang chi was an art house director no not the art the main villain, Tony Learn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Cheryl literally was creaming over Tony Learn the whole time when we fucking recorded <laughs> that episode. You don't remember? Yeah, that is true. That is true. I'd forgotten that. So how close do you think the muscle documentary was to the Captain America documentary? I'm just going to be really honest. My brain is so far away from the Captain America documentary because I watched that documentary when it first came out. When Captain okay. America first was alive, became a clone. Yes, he is a clone. He is a clone of Benjamin Franklin, actually. That's important really? narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a clone of Benjamin Franklin. Why is Benjamin Franklin so strong? I thought Benjamin Franklin was like a fat dude who... Okay, I'm fat shaming. But <laughs> for body positive things, I thought Benjamin Franklin was just someone who didn't move much because he was so focused on his kite. Well, that's, that's the thing. He could have been so much stronger and buffer, but he was so focused on science that he didn't worry about it. He wasn't worried about his muscles because he had to invent kites, uh, which is <laughs> what Benjamin Franklin did, right? He invented a kite. Yeah, exactly. And he used the kite to invent electricity. That's true. He invented electricity, which is why all power plants are filled with kites. Uh, no, but so... <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, the, the Marvel, you know, the Marvel documentary of Captain America, because they took his clone and were like, no science, you're not allowed to do science, only punching. They were like, oh my god, we didn't realize it until now. But Benjamin Franklin was the perfect buff boy he was just too busy with science to care about his buffness of his muscles he needed to be buffness of his brain and the main villain actually is uh, a clone of abraham lincoln who's obsessed with stabbing captain america's nipples and covering them with cream cheese okay <laughs> so i guess the, the two movies are exactly the same yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have no idea how much of what you said was canon but <laughs> It's all true. 100% true. 100% true. I said it word for word. So in Muscle, I was talking, the, one of the reasons why I knew Suede would like be squeamish if I talked about this film was because you hate the film Salo, or you, you hate talking about the film for very good reasons. But 
I yeah. referenced that film on purpose when I was talking about Muscle because the guy was obsessed with Yeah, he's obsessed with, with Salo. Yeah, the main character is obsessed with that film. Now that I watched it, obsession just means that. So basically, in Muscle, a person who works for a muscle magazine goes to see a sort of like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like beginnings where he's like in the room showing off his muscles oh you mean that... you mean like a bodybuilding yes. competition goes to a bodybuilding okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it doesn't look like a competition it just looks like people showing off muscles that's dude and then he that is that is what bodybuilding competitions are i had to be in charge of some bodybuilding competitions at goucher really did you know that no yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i worked who won i worked i don't remember i i, I worked event staff uh, in college and i had to run lights and sound for these events no one of the contestants. <laughs> you, you're gonna have to beep that one out for sure. You're gonna have to bleep that one out for sure. Uh, the angry Zionist upside down triangle that went to our college. If you remember us referencing pink washing, he was the uh, epitome of the uh, pink washing movement. No, it was a women's bodybuilding. It was it was not men's. It was women's bodybuilding. It was. I mean, I I didn't get it. Like you weren't horny. I wasn't horny, but I also couldn't quite figure out how they're judging people. How do you decide who has the sweetest muscles just by aesthetics, right? Because aesthetics are so subjective. If you're going to, like, lift a thing, that makes sense, right? Who's got the best muscles is who's got the best lifting. Or who can, like, crush the most eggs with their armpits or something. That makes sense to me. But, like, just, like, whose muscles look the best? How do you decide that? I think there's, like, probably rules to it. Like, there's probably some particular muscles that are really hard to make super buff so if you can like show that your particular muscle is like super buff of the okay. one that's really hard to train that probably like adds score like your pinky then, toe muscle i bet your pinky toe muscle is very hard to train i imagine exactly but then you would maybe deduct points on like aesthetics or equality you what, know, do you mean? Like <laughs> what do you mean by equality well what do you mean by equality Equal- let's say the pinky toe muscle is the hardest to train so you only work on the pinky toe muscle so your pinky toe muscle is like the buffest shit ever but your whole other body has not been worked on so you're like a little stick, and then you're just a gigantic fucking pinky muscle. Dude, it's just like Lady in the Water. Did you ever see Lady in the Water? It's a movie. Is that by Gilmore de Toro? No, it's by the other guy. It's by, uh, not fucking Salman Rushdie. What is his name? M. Night Shyamalan. There's a character in, in, in Lady in the Water who only lifts weights with one arm. So he's got one super jacks <laughs> arm and one super. And there's like no reason. There's no like narrative element. It's just like a characterization thing they do. Okay. But so he would be bad at equality. Yes, and but equality. maybe he would get points on other things. Uh, the only reason I'm saying this is because think about the Olympics. There are some sports okay, in there. About, wait, 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 wait. Let me think about the Olympics really quick. I'm thinking. I'm thinking medals, singing, dancing, Nancy Kerrigan. All right, I'm there. I'm there. I'm thinking. Okay, Olympics. Olympics. What are the sports that everyone loves watching, despite the fact they don't understand it? Gymnastics, diving. I was going to say curling. I was going to say curling. Well, people understand how you win in curling, because the points regulation is so clear on the screen. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 because it's not a scored thing in the same way that, like, when you have to, like, do a double backflip, it's like, well, how did I know that was a good backflip? Exactly. Like, with gymnastics, yeah, yeah, or diving. Exactly, but everyone likes to be like, ooh, ah. These sports are like philosophy. 
where everyone thinks they have something to say, but you don't understand the rules <laughs> of philosophy. I'm joking. You can always talk about philosophy. Do you think philosophy is a little bit like dog grooming competitions? Dog, yes, Or dog exactly. breeding competitions? Philosophy, dog grooming, cake baking. Cake baking. And gymnastics. That one should be so, and gymnastics. That one should be so easy, though. You know how you judge which cake is best? You fucking eat it. Whichever one tastes the best. Yeah, but they judge how it looks, too. Every cooking show. But look, it's a part of the taste. The look is a part of the taste. You know, like if something looks really good, you're going to want to eat it more. So that's part of it. But at the end all be all, it should be about the eating experience. Well, personally, I definitely agree. I do think it's a little under, like an opportunity is wasted because I feel like food eating contests should also be more sensual. So should they take the food oh, and like rub it gross. on their nipples that's- and then <laughs> test it like that too. Because they're that's, already doing looks. So they should be able to put it on their nipples Ugh. a little and be like, Whoa, this pie feels a little crusty on my tipples of my nipples. I think you should have used blueberries instead. That is the grossest thing I've ever heard, Walt. I just, I can't. Can you imagine? Are you talking about the professional food eating competitions or the food judging competitions? Like Gordon Ramsay, yeah. Okay, so you're talking about food judging competitions. You know, that's not as gross as I was thinking. I was imagining those food eating competitions (laughs) where it's like, time to eat like 16 dozen hot dogs, but also they're like rubbing a hot dog on their nipple. Wait, say hello to the podcast. Say Say hello to the podcast. Say hello to the podcast. It'll be a good bit. Is they're 10 minutes late to their job. That's probably why they were in a bad mood. It wasn't because of me, actually. Quit your job. Be a podcast. Quit your job and be a podcast. Everyone, quit your job. Do a podcast. I want to go back to the Gordon Ramsay bit because I feel like you could do a very good Gordon Ramsay accent. And I think you could do a Gordon Ramsay accent as he critiques food and rubs it on his nipples. All right. Give me a second. Let me get in the character. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. Oi, it's rubbish. Oi. Oh, this is delicious. You donut. You donut. Okay. Oh, no, that's terrible. Well, I do a terrible. Wait, wait. Can let I me, do, let can me I, do a contestant then. Can I be Cake Boss instead? Okay. Can I do the contestant? Yeah, but I want to be Cake Boss, not Gordon Ramsay. Because okay. I can no, do a No, no, I understand. Boss. I don't know who Cake Boss is, but I'm sure there's going to be an accent that's not racist. So It's not racist. <laughs> it's not. Okay. Hi, Cake Boss. This is my cake made of raspberries. Oh, well, if you know anything, you know, Cake. I'm the cake boss. I'm the cake boss, and it's all about family. Our kitchen is family. So let me just have this piece of cake right here. Mm. No, no. Mm, yummy. No. Mm. Just wait. I'm the cake boss. Wait, wait. Don't just taste it. Rub it on your nipples. That's the best part of the cake I made. Rubbing it oh. on the nipples. <laughs> Wait one second. Let me get my wife to do it because we're all about family. And then and then I take off my shirt and you can see my powerful, hairy Italian chest. Wow. And my, and a, oh, a wife. Oh, all the little raspberry seeds. That's the chef I want to be, Cake Boss. <laughs> wow. You, you are the Cake Boss now. Did you know that the Cake Boss got... <laughs> I don't know who the fuck the Cake Boss is, dude. Do you know who I'm talking about? Okay. This is not a movie. This is a TV show. It was a reality TV show about this guy... Buddy the Cake Boss, who has this, like, fancy-ass cake business where he, like, makes these, like, super intense sculpture cakes. I mean, you know, it's a reality, reality TV show, and it's a lot, it's like a big Italian family and stuff like that. Uh, but, so is this, but like, the, the Godfather, the, but they use cakes to kill each other? Yes, exactly. Exactly. No! No! It's like, it's like, it's like the Jersey Shore, only instead of fighting and drinking and guidos, it's like 
Italian families making cakes. And there's an episode, they're like episodes where like, oh, my little sister just beat cancer. Can you make a giant sculpture cake of my sister punching a cancer monster? And Buddy's like, oh, we ever gonna do this? I don't know how. Oh my God. But then they do it uh, and they make a cake. I don't understand reality TV shows a family because how do they find so many relatives to get cancer that everyone has to cry each episode? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so the family members not wouldn't be the one that gets cancer. It would be someone coming to the cake boss's cake store oh they probably like go to la and be like give me all your cancer patients so i can use yeah, them for my exactly. reality show exactly exactly um i think they're in new york though but all the desperate cancer patients who want to make it bigger in la yeah but so the cake boss got in trouble for dui charges uh he got like pulled over for 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 driving while intoxicated and when they pulled him over and pulled him out of the car he said you can <laughs> He said, you can't erase, you can't arrest me on the cake, boss. Like, that's literally the first thing out of his mouth. Wait, oh my on, God. on the show or like? No, in real life. Okay, this is definitely a New York Post headline. I don't understand how, like, how do you get that as evidence or proof? That is a good question. I do not know. I do not know. I imagine there's like a cake boss paparazzi that is like always following and waiting for him to say something funny. I could also, I don't know if this is like allowed when you're a cop, <laughs> but if I was a cop, if Swade Best was a cop, oh boy, that'd be bad. Uh, but if I, <laughs> if I was a cop and I arrested the cake boss, I would definitely go to the newspaper. Like I would go to the Roanoke Times and be like, yo, the cake boss said the funniest shit when I arrested him and you guys got to write a story about it. And then I would promptly get fired because that's the only way you can get fired for being a police officer you can kill as many people as you want you just can't you just can't dox the cake boss do you think there are paparazzi cops who only try to arrest famous people so they can get the biggest headline for maybe they're like people who actually want to be news reporters you know how like in every investigation movie there's like that desperate person that the investigation team doesn't care about oh do you mean like the cop who's trying to like make their career over solving the case it's like there's always a murder case and then there's an investigative team then there's always like one little cop thinks they know too much and have all these conspiracy theories like serpico serpico yes <laughs> never mind see i love movies i know about movies serpico also i realize serpico. i don't know what i'm talking about so i'm gonna give up it's over it's over it's over this is gonna be a weird episode huh but it's gonna be a good one i feel i'm feeling the love from you all i'm feeling your love i'm feeling your heart why is love what makes the episode go around isn't hate no it's both love and hate are the same thing for us Oh, there's, oh, there's another person. You want to say hi to Ezekiel? Say hi on the podcast. Ezekiel, come say hello on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> that's that's like the old morning cracks. Okay, the old morning yeah. cracks. Of, uh, what's it called? When you just wake up and you haven't used your voice yet. So you got to get up early if you want to be on the podcast. Early podcast, boys. Mm -hmm. Muscle. So I have more questions about muscle. Was it erotic or just unpleasant? because <laughs> like there are like movies that are supposed to be erotic that are deeply unpleasant and then there are uh movies that are supposed to be unpleasant that have eroticism in them and then make the eroticism uncomfortable right this is a really good question so i think it's not very unpleasant and it's not very erotic in fact it's okay, kind okay. of just a story about someone who gets out of work and is obsessed with someone that he doesn't see until the end this is how the movie works he goes to that muscle training thing and instead of falling in love with any of the other bodybuilders he falls in love with the skinniest guy who tries to work a pose but has no muscles after <laughs> shots of people with huge muscles 
have already like flexed. Why did he fall in love with that person? No fucking reason. No fucking explanation. Anyways, they're like having sex, and then this skinny guy suddenly is into sadism, as the main character explains. Is he into sadism or is he into masochism? Because that's an important distinction. He says he becomes a sadist, which means the skinny guy takes a knife and starts stabbing him during sex. And right. finally, he can't take it anymore. So he cuts his arm off in a photo shoot. And then he goes to jail. Wait, who cuts off <laughs> whose arm? Uh, the main character cuts off the sadist's arm off. Why? Why does he do that? That sounds like a terrible idea. That's what I mean. Like, he just says he can't stand it anymore. Like, his emotions... Okay, so this is this is a movie that doesn't, that doesn't have a whole lot of rationale. Yes, rationale is very lacking. But that's how he feels. After he gets out of jail, he realizes that he has seen every Pasolini movie except Salo because Salo was released on the day he went to jail. And he finds a <laughs> sort of symbolism to it because Pasolini died. No, no, Salo wasn't. What sorry. are you talking about? Can you can you spit can you spit it out, please? I messed up can some facts in my head, and now I'm fucking it all up. What can I say? <laughs> what can, what can say? I say? I'm the cake boss. I'm the I'm the cake boss. That's right. Walter, he's a gang boss. Basically, it's not that Silo was released. It was Pasolini dies on the same day that he goes to jail. And therefore, he can never see Silo because it was kind of released after he died, I guess. For the main character, he sees a connection between Silo and this guy. Because it's like a transformation type of death stuff. And that's why he wants to watch this movie. And he's so obsessed with it. And then for like an hour long, there's just like him doing investigation and walking around the city and that's literally all it is until the last 10 or 20 minutes he finally meets him grand epic he realizes all the characters he meets have been part of the ploy to keep them away and then he like takes out his eyes and starts <laughs> dancing with him and it's like really pretty so that was a Wait, little who ironic. takes out who's who takes out whose eyes? The main character who's been searching for this. Uh, okay, he pulls out his own eyes. Oh, actually, I'm going to be real. I forgot already. It's been two weeks. <laughs> I was supposed to remember because we were supposed to talk about the movie last week. <laughs> but we delayed one week and I've been traveling, so my brain is a mush. It's because we had to watch Supergirl, Walt. Dude, I barely remember what we did in Roanoke. That hurts. That makes me want to cry. I'm going to cry now. I don't even remember any of the parakeet names. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so this was wild and i will i will post some pictures of this on the twitter when walter's in roanoke i knew i wanted to take him to a few different things there was a lot of food i wanted to take him to because walter and i love to eat together i wanted to introduce him in the flesh again to someone not introduce but i wanted him to meet some of my friends who he'd met before um a lot of whom listened to the podcast so you got to meet slough again who's on the podcast uh tegan and kelly and my friend maggie and i knew i wanted to take him to the parakeet and room. i gotta meet someone who can not forget their name. Oh. 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 Are you saying you forgot someone? Because there are other people, like you met Slough's uh, partner, Amanda, who's great. No, I meant like if you tell Amber they forgot their name, they'd start panicking, right? Oh, yeah. Forget your name, Amber. Forget your name. Forget your name. Uh, Amber's another friend of mine. Anyways. So I knew I wanted to take Walter to the parakeet room in Roanoke, which is in the Science Museum, but it's separate from the Science wait, Museum. Wait, wait, you also forgot Mr. Cricket. He was a cool guy. Mr. Cricket. Miss, I love Mr. Cricket. You want to tell me a little bit about Mr. Cricket, Walt? You want to tell me about your experience with Mr. Cricket? Yes. So what I realized is Mr. Cricket is actually not even a cricket. That's true. He's not a cricket. He's a human being. He is a human being. And that's like his entire personality. Is that he is not... He's <laughs> Are you saying that Mr. Cricket's entire personality is that he is not a cricket? Yeah. 
So all of his all of his identity can be wrapped up in the fact that he lives in antithesis with the cricket. With his name, Mr. With cricket. With his name. Well, but not just with antithesis to his name, with antithesis to the fact that he is not a cricket. Exactly. Like his, his entire Well, okay. I mean, is that not how you feel? Do you have any identity things you want to add on to him? I mean, I, there's some stuff Mr. Cricket does that I think is important to talk about, like the fact that he sells hats on the side of the road. That's pretty cool. Remember we went and got hats with him? We we each bought a hat, a fancy red hat. Dude. Was this the place where we got a bunch of pastrami? Yes, this was the place where we got a bunch of pastrami. Yeah. Mr. Cricket also sells pastrami. He sells hats <laughs> on the side of the road, and he sells pastrami on the side of the road, but only at night. I remember those sandwiches. It was four layers of pastrami, and then one layer of cheese inside, and then a sandwich. Fucking gigantic. At hats. Exactly. I just thought that was in Los Angeles, but that's fair. Yeah, my travel has been very jumbled up. So Yeah, sure. it's been confusing. Mr. Cricket, the Pasami sandwich man who also sells hats. He's not a cricket. Okay, and then I guess I reduced his identity a little too much then. That's okay. We all reduce each other's identities. I mean, that's what happens in, like in muscle, best, right? His only identity is he's not the best. What did you just say? What did you say to me? I didn't say anything. You Sorry. Uh, Don't worry, you know those mental blockades that only you can't listen to? Yeah. I'll put that voodoo onto the... Okay, in the bit so that I won't hear it when I listen to it again? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay cool, cool, cool. You can now download that free on Audacity. <laughs> 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 okay, so after we met Mr. Cricket, we went to the parakeet room, which is basically just a room filled with 350 parakeets, and you go in and you sit, and then you feed the parakeets. And these parakeets, man, they... <laughs> They just swarm on you. It's like the birds. Another movie. Yeah. Another it's movie. Because it's a movie scary podcast. experience, to be honest. If you're not prepared, it, it, it was a little unnerving <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Because I mean, these things. Like, how many parakeets do you think we had on our arms? I think at max you would get at least thirty parakeets would be on you. Yeah. Or maybe that's exaggerating. Maybe twenty. No, because, I mean, you had, like, six on one arm, six on the other. That's, like, 12. And then you have the ones flying around, landing on your legs, at your feet. So that's – it wouldn't be 30. It would be no. maybe 25 or 20 to 25. But yeah. it is, I will tell you, in my life, way more parakeets than I've ever had on my body ever. In fact, way more birds than I've ever had on my body ever. Yes. Okay, so I know people are scoffing. They're like, 25 parakeets. What the fuck? That's so – easy to take care of all right think of this five cups is not bad five cups of what anything like just a, a cup a cup people think cups are very minuscule right They're, they don't think it matters that much and you're you're talking <laughs> give me a fucking second give me a goddamn <laughs> second you're talking about cups you drink out of not cups the measurement yes i'm telling you about cups you drink of so think of cups right i'm thinking of cups look at your table right now if okay. you're looking if you're walking outside Look at the floor and don't trip. Do you mean the ground? Yeah, the ground. <laughs> what, what's the difference between floor and ground? Uh, <laughs> I don't think we have time to get into that. What's the difference between the floor and the ground? The ground is natural. The floor is made. Okay, then sorry. It's a floor. People walk on made streets. They don't fucking usually walk on ground unless you live in the middle of nowhere. I think, I think maybe floor is inside. Ground is outside, maybe? Okay, so you don't even fucking know the definition. No, but I'm Basically, not going to say- this definition is arbitrary and useless. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's get back to your crazy metaphor. Look at your cup. Look at whatever is in front of you and line up five. Not that big. Move the five to the left and line up five more to the right. Not that much. Now you do that three more times. 25 cups in front of you. And now it's a very long line. But imagine putting them all on yourself. Now you're balancing all the 25 of these cups. 
That's pretty crazy. And the cups are just screaming and biting each other. And there's like a little kid next to you that's like also quietly screaming. And then the lady who is in charge of the parakeet room is like giving you the names of each individual parakeet. And you're just like, oh my God, what is going on? What, what, you know, like. Yeah, shout out to this lady if she ever picks up your bookmark at the bookstore and listens to the podcast. I think we gave her a bookmark. She's great. She's, she's one of my customers and she, uh, she cares a lot about these parakeets. It's pretty cool. I could see starting to like really identify with these parakeets if I worked there though. They're, they're, they're super cute. Yeah. Unfortunately, I cannot be making jokes at this segment if this lady is listening to this episode. So, what jokes would you make? She was super awesome. No, I just was gonna make something like you know my degenerate shit, but I don't want to do that. Like about eating a parakeet. Like about eating a parakeet. Yeah, something like that. It would be too mean. It'd be too and mean I- to her. We would never eat those parakeets. You know, I was thinking a little bit about how easy it would be to kill a parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like pretty fucking delicate it seemed like and well, the ladies that's, what, that's like one of the things we had to do like when we came in we had to make sure our feet were on the floor because they were so worried these parakeets would accidentally get stepped on if you weren't paying attention yeah you're not supposed to like pick up your feet when you walk you're kind of just supposed to slide so you don't like stomp on them basically michael jackson would be the best parakeet <laughs> amusement i mean uh, enjoyer <laughs> I think Michael Jackson is a premium enjoyer, parakeet museum enjoyer, parakeet. And he doesn't have to pay emissions. Uh, he's the king of pop. Why would he have to pay? He's the king of pop and he's the king of parakeets. He, his parakeets would probably shoot out money out of their faces. <laughs> I knew you were not going to say beak. I knew you were, you were struggling to figure out what a parakeet speaks with. And you were just not going to be able to say the word beak. I was like, man, I will give, I was, I, it was also pretty funny while we were there. Walter's like so short that his legs where he sat couldn't reach the floor. So they were like kind of dangling a little bit, but you have to put your feet on the ground when you sit. So the parakeets don't get under your feet. So he was just pushing his toes, <laughs> just his little pinky toes <laughs> to the bottom the whole time. That's true. They should have had shorter benches for me. To be fair, this parakeet amusement thing is actually for kids. So they're actually used to having kids who are shorter than me what they recommend for the kids is to not stand yeah to sit on the floor or they sit on the um, bench they just their feet don't touch the floor and they just tell them not to like leave their seat which is what i should have done but i forgot actually because i don't listen to instructions (laughs) were you a kid who used to forget their name on their homework yes all the time all the time (laughs) you're so dumb (laughs) did you what what do you mean did you forget your name I mean, like four or five times. No, I did all the, all time. the time. I used to get I used to get points <laughs> off on my test because I would forget, especially with math because I'd be like so fixated on trying to. We used to have these multiplication table <laughs> tests. So dumb. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to remember my name. I would lose points for not having done all the problems, so I would do all the problems first, and then at the end I would be like, "Oh no, I didn't get a chance to put my name in," because I ha- I wouldn't I still couldn't do the hundred multiplication problem. We were supposed to do like a hundred multiplication problems and like i don't know like five minutes or something but i, I struggled with it d- i think it was like a minute a hundred a minute well yeah because you're supposed to memorize the multiplication table that's what they're trying to train you so that everything is so immediate maybe not a minute maybe like two minutes or i don't know i one of the things i've noticed <laughs> i started to memorize uh prices of things okay you should have used that ability on your multiplication table and you probably would have been good at math yeah but i didn't do my multiplication tables every day because <laughs> i was too busy playing with my action figures i was and, like, too busy remembering how to spell my name <laughs> You know, you know, I, I used to get my letters wrong, too. I would write my letters backwards, and I couldn't tell the difference. So my name would be Swabg, 
Because I would write S W A B G instead of because because they're the same the E and the G and the B and the D are back. So <laughs> and we would Swede, what is this is not your name? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's Swede right there. Look, there's an S, a W, an A, a D, and an E. And they'd be like, no, that's a B, that's a G. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, oh fuck. So this is where we find out that Swede's dyslexic. But <laughs> yeah. do you think that applies to when you draw? Uh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. I'll tell you. I mean, I don't draw much. I'm by no means a draftsman. But like, you know, I can draw um, a furry mom. If I had a child in my zone who was like, draw me a caveman eating a dinosaur, I could like get one out. And it, it would be like passable for a child. My actually my biggest problem with drawing was the ability to like render 3D objects. I never quite figured out how to do that. So maybe there's an intersection there, right? The, like I can't seem to like do 3D. Wow. Maybe letters are actually... 3D. They're three-dimensional. Well, the problem with letters is that they're binary, right? They're either right or wrong. When you draw a chicken, you can draw a chicken in so many different le- ways, but letters are binary. So is sitting in a chair, but you never find sitting in the chair wrong. Dude, I'm so bad at sitting in chairs. Are you kidding me? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. You have a bad time sitting in chairs. My legs start to jiggle and stuff. Do you have trouble with on-off switches? No. <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Me neither. I don't have trouble with all those bitches. Do you have trouble opening the lids of a pot? No, that's easy. No, it's like we have this three switch. We have this three switch ceiling light. There's one light to turn it on. There's another light to turn it on. And then there's a pull tab to turn it on. And I can never remember the right combination of switches to turn it on on my first try. So when I have to turn it on, I always go like, flick, flick, no, flick, flick, no, switch, switch, no. And it like takes me a good like 30 seconds. (laughs) Even though I've been living in this house for like 21 years, 22 years now. And I just like, I can't remember which to switch. I think that is a good way to put it. Not understanding binaries because to be honest my examples of opening a pot technically not really a binary yes the open and close is a binary but the way you can open the pot is different right you could use your mouth you could twirl it a little round before you open it it's also not arbitrary it's also not arbitrary right because like the position in which a switch is either on or off is arbitrary it's not like all switches universally up is on down is off it's the same thing with hot and cold not all houses have hot and cold on the same sides like it takes me forever when i'm in another person's shower because it's not they're not all universally the same right to be honest if i wanted to i could look at a closed pot and think it's open (laughs) <laughs> that's not true stop now. i know you're being pers- you're being obtuse on purpose i want to think of a good example of a binary thing and then ask you if you're good at it okay but i realize i take so many of my binaries for granted that i'm struggling yeah no one thinks oh, about it that's why you struggled with death <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no we're dead, gonna get into it now it's just an off <laughs> can i tell it. you something can i be vulnerable for a second i don't know i've not had a lot of like people in my zone recently like i have my friends that i see but that's like pretty regular but like when you came i was like oh my god i get to see this person i care about and i haven't seen in such a long and like my heart was like really open and we were going to sleep one night in the same bed spooning as we always do when we are together and i was like man one day walter's gonna die that's gonna suck man one day my mom and dad are gonna die and that's gonna suck holy crap and i just like got very sad for like a good like two minutes i was like man everyone's gonna die and i'm gonna still be alive it like really got to me in that moment i kind of just like pushed past it i was like okay that's fine it's gonna be a while before any of these people die so you'll just deal with it later but it, it got to me man that's what i was telling you we when we had that discussion about death on the Derek jarman blue film sometimes it just happens it pops out of nowhere yeah. and then and I, i've just been more 
accepting of like letting it pop out and having a bit more of a desire to let that motivate me to do more in life because usually when it popped up when I was drinking I was just like yes this is a good feeling I'm gonna celebrate it (laughs) I'm gonna celebrate the fear of death like uh uh ah fuck I don't even have a good quote what's a chimbio quote like a mistress of darkness from the 12th dimension of uh lay whatever fuck I oh I might die, but my vengeance will always survive. Something like that. Yeah, but I wanted to use the cute moe chimbuyos. Oh, mm. like... Mm. <laughs> the cute moe chimbuyos. Oh, moe, 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 cute. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Maybe the reason why I don't always give you the sort of reaction you want when you're like, I'm going to come and save you from my death. It's because it's kind of like a, not an easy answer. I think there's a lot of nuance and complication in it that's like fun to talk about it seriously if I really want to engage with it. Unfortunately, I just hate my own masculinity so much that I don't. But the thing is, it's also a little bit like I have an answer and that's like a way for me to cope. I guess that's true because like when I sacrifice myself, like when when the when you know the dark lord arises and I activate my chubio powers and I like sacrifice myself and go out in a blaze of glory saving you. Like it's all well and good for me, but you're going to be sad cuz I'm dead. Chubio. Do you want to explain what Chumbio is, or are we just going to let it leave? I can explain it. So basically, obviously, I don't think it's pronounced Chumbio. The reason why it kind of became a meme is because I think we're all part of this generation where the Chumbio was like this phase that happened after our real like hardcore anime watching. So like we all three didn't even fucking know what it was, really. You still not... you. <laughs> You're so fucking bad at explaining things. You've said what it's not and how why we got it wrong. But you said, so now I'm going to explain it. The Chunbio is like a is like a sort of archetype of like a kid who's like just turned into like a high schooler or maybe like late middle school and who like acts dark and edging edgy and brooding and like pretends to be different like goth kids at the extremes they'll be like i have secret magic powers the most important part is that it's that they have a delusion that they are actually destined for something that you can be a chumbuyul that thinks they're the alter ego of donald trump yeah or it can also be like i'm gonna be the greatest boxer in history it's uh what do they call it seventh grade syndrome isn't that what it's like loosely translated to something like that and there's an anime about this very normal guy who goes into high school who had some pretty severe Chunibyo delusions and he like wants to hide it and just be normal. But this girl, uh, who's like a total Chunibyo, even though she's in like high school at this point, finds out and it's just like a sweet slice of life rom-com. It's, it's fun. And they're, they're, it's actually really cool because there are some sections that like go into the Chunibyo's POV point of view where they like have like all these crazy supernatural battles with like these giant magic objects and then it will like cut back to the main character watching and they're just like making sword noises and hitting each other with sticks it's pretty funny okay i've actually never seen it so yeah you have we we, we watched it no i didn't watch it with you guys that's the thing you guys watched it after we were referencing it oh i didn't know no i'd seen it before we couldn't pronounce the fucking anime because we we didn't really know it and then we didn't even know the poster very well but we did know she did her two fingers yeah her two finger on her ipod and she yeah she she has an eye patch, I think, because she has a uh, like a sty in her eye or something. Hey, she actually has different colored eyes, though, so that's kind of unique.
Supergirl now. I want to talk about Supergirl. I want to talk about Supergirl. All right, talk about Supergirl. Well, I, I want to ask first of all, how did you feel? How did you feel about Supergirl? <laughs> I just went Supergirl crazy. <laughs> Supergirl. I, I made Walter watch so many episodes of Supergirl. Um, on the CW, and one of the things I really like about these CW shows is that you can do two things at once, which, like, stimulates my brain, so I can, like, watch Supergirl and, like, read a shitty manga, or, like, watch Supergirl and play Minecraft, or, like, watch Supergirl and, like, work on tabletop stuff, you know, like, making dungeons and stuff like that. But the problem is... (laughs) The problem is Walter can't do that. So Walter just had to sit and full focus watch Supergirl. I tried! I tried! (laughs) I tried, but I couldn't! I tried so hard, but I couldn't multitask. And it's not a good show. It is a fun show and one that I enjoy, even though I think it is not good as it goes on. It tries to, like, do social justice stuff, but it does it in a way that's, like, so unnuanced and so nail on the head that it feels pandering at best and, like, offensive at worst. Just like Star Trek. Just like- <laughs> Uh-oh, Slouch just dropped the podcast. Dude, Boom. I dropped the podcast. <laughs> Star Trek is so much more nuanced. It's so much smarter. Maybe not the original Star Trek, but... But Supergirl, like, I don't know. It's it's not a good show. Can I just clarify? When Swade says he can multitask, what he means is that he only notices that the TV show is ending and he sees next five, four, three, two, one, and then the new episode begins. That is not true. That is, stop <laughs> lying. It's just like, there are like sections in Supergirl that are like, that I can't begin to care about. Uh, and so like when that happens, I'm like, all right, well, not time to play a little Minecraft. That's not true. He plays Minecraft for the whole thing. Oh yeah, of course. And then looks up. <laughs> it's called multitasking. I'm sorry I can multitask. It's actually, Sweet was playing Minecraft and then trying to watch Supergirl <laughs> while I was watching Supergirl and trying to multitask. <laughs> You're also not doing justice to why you like Supergirl, right? Oh, I guess I haven't gotten into that. Yeah, because the reason why you liked Supergirl is because you think Supergirl is hot. That is definitely is part of it. funny because you thought she was my type. Yeah. Which she isn't. So what the fuck happened there? Okay, let me let me get into the attraction of Supergirl. So Supergirl in her costume is powerful, is strong, uh, is sure of herself, does good punches, has beautiful flowing blonde hair. I'm not usually a blonde guy, but Suede knows I'm a blonde guy, and I think that that was, was where part of it. The problem happened. But when she's not Supergirl and she's just Kara Danvers, she's like awkward and nerdy and she wears glasses she's like the before in like a bad rom-com before she you you know and the juxtaposition is soup's adorable and so i thought walter was gonna like it but i've forgotten walter doesn't really like this like nerdy little like this nerdy like oh i'm so awkward and adorable character like i do i don't like zoe deschanel would make you want to like pull your eyeballs out uh yeah but also depending on what she does right sometimes awkwardness can look aloof while sometimes awkwardness can look cute and i think i tend to gravitate to characters who use their awkwardness as aloofness and not as cuteness in reality i think the adorable is often an affect is often a something that you put on and the aloofness as awkward tends to be something that is either accidental or a coping mechanism right that no one is actually adorable that's not like a thing someone can be so for instance you know if if i'm with someone who like is really enjoying something and really liking it and like their whole body and soul lights up when they talk about it uh that can be kind of cute so that is i guess could be considered adorable but like (laughs) i'm so cute because i like tennis shoe culture or uh you know like i love parakeets i love parakeets 
lady you're what's her name i don't remember no she was great i mean it is really sweet seeing how much she loves those birds it's really cool that's like awesome like i appreciate being around her because she likes these parakeets and she cares about them and it's not an affect but like sometimes you interact with people want the things they're interested in to be their identity like walter really does care about movies they are an element of his identity but it is not like a shirt he puts on like i don't think walter owns any movie t-shirts with the exception of don't you own a, um, you were wearing it while you were here. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, so what, I'm a cheerleader. Which, But that shirt is like, so. So what, I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> so what, so I'm what? a cheerleader. Uh, doesn't that sound like a manga title too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why it's not called so what, it's but. But I'm a cheerleader, <laughs> whatever, whatever. No, and I also think one of the other reasons why it doesn't ever translate to reality is because the part of being a dork is that you can't want to be a dork. Yeah, it's true. All subcultures have like such a deep well at this point because of the internet. No one is like, oh my god, you care about elevators or whatever? Like, yeah, of course you care about elevators because there's a complicated niche subculture in the same way. Like, shoes are, are a great example. The 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 the, the basketball, uh, not basketball shoes, what do you call them? Sneakers? Like, no one's like, wow, what a sneaker nerd. Because like, YouTube has a million sneaker YouTube channels. You're not a dork for liking sneakers. You're a dork because like, when you start talking about sneakers without being able to control yourself, you cannot stop talking, and then you start alienating a few people. Like, that's the difference. Is this a super boring conversation? <laughs> Maybe it is a little boring. <laughs> what is the ethics and aesthetics of a dork? I mean, so that kind of is this podcast, right? In a lot of ways, like, you care uh -oh. about movies. I just want to say, I didn't say anything negative about the podcast. Sweet so just called the podcast boring just no, now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't you put words in my mouth. What I'm saying is, so the general conceit in a lot of ways of this podcast is that you care about movies more than I do. And so when you want to bring your love for them, some of it is winning me over, right? Part of what makes talking about movies with you engaging is not movies, because I don't give a sh I mean, like, I like movies, I watch them, but it's the way you enjoy movies and want to get everyone invested that I think makes the the movie element of this podcast uh, engaging, right? And I actually sympathize with everyone who is a nerd about something or a dork about something and you're constantly a little scared about pushing people away. Yeah. And I think that's like the reason why the Supergirl dorkiness is not the type of energy that inspires me because I don't even know what she's dorky about. It seems like her dorkiness is that she loves her boss the most. <laughs> Mostly she's just a putz. I mean, that's like basically like her character is like, she's awkward. She's not like obsessed with anything as much as she's just like awkward and naive. Because she's like cute and wears glasses and spills things, she like fits into this like nerd stereotype. All right, I will tell you later on in the series, you find out she's obsessed with musicals. <laughs> Which leads to one of the best crossovers between the flash and supergirl that is a musical episode and it is oh it's fantastic it's so good oh oh it's so good um uh since we're talking about blonde girls oh. uh, did you end up watching the buffy musical episode yes but i don't remember it very well <sighs> dude a lot of musical episodes are, are musical fantastic episodes are fantastic i think it's because as a screenwriter you're like writing when you get to do a musical episode you just get so excited yeah because like, you oh get to God. do whatever the fuck you want yeah it's like and now they dance yeah <laughs> sum up the general conceit of this show, right? Like, for instance, The Flash, which I've watched way more of and I think is a much better bad TV show than Supergirl is. 
Um, the, like, the general conceit of Flash is, like, A, family, honesty, and understanding is important, and things go best when people are honest and open with each other. And then also Barry, aka the Flash, just needs to run faster. Those are, like, the two central themes. But it's a little harder to sum up the general conceit of Supergirl. Well, so, so the Flash... Some social justice stuff pops up every once in a while, but for the most part, the, like, social justice stuff that shows up in The Flash is mostly just representation. There are queer characters, there are a lot of POCs, none of them feel like huge racial stereotypes. In Swade's eyes. In my eyes. <laughs> That's true. I need a, We need a sensitivity viewer. We need a sensitivity viewer. I don't know. I think I'm pretty good at picking up on stereotypes. I've heard this claim. Okay. <laughs> There's not, like, a central social justice theme they're working on. And the problem with Supergirl is it tries to just be a show that is always talking about social justice in the background, but can't pick one subject to focus on, and so it just feels washed out. Like, sometimes they're doing feminist stuff. Sometimes they're doing uh, queer stuff. Sometimes they're doing race stuff. And there's not enough time in a show like this to effectively set up nuanced questions right and the other issue is sometimes the social justice stuff doesn't make a lot of sense within the context of like so for instance there's a parallel between like aliens coming into the united states that is like compared to immigration and people worrying about latin americans coming to america i think it's crazy because you know what's going to happen when latin american people come over to our country nothing they're just people right it'd be no different from like anyone any other group coming over what's going to happen if you let people who can like literally shoot laser beams out of their eyes there's going to be a difference there's an issue like there's a difference between aliens like literal aliens coming into our country and undocumented people coming into our country yeah but the parallel exists is because unfortunately a lot of people call undocumented people aliens and also there are tons of other stories about aliens coming in and it's like an immigration fear no, like District 9 is a good example. That's true. It's about apartheid and, and immigration and stuff like that. And then is War of the Worlds a little like that? No. No, War of the Worlds isn't. I don't think about immigration at all. Well, the, the, But the thing about you spend two hours with District 9 building up a narrative, building up a world that reflects this conversation. Supergirl, on the other hand, just has like, oh, man, we need to get these aliens out of here because they're going to destroy our city. And you're like, well, yeah, they are because that's what they do every episode. It would be like in District 9 if they were like, man, we can't have these aliens getting into our city because they're going to eat people. And then like the rest of the movie is just aliens eating people. Like, yeah, that's that is a problem. We can't have aliens coming into our city if they're going to eat people. Unless. Unless. That's the point. As the great philosopher would say, the inevitable race war will end when the whites have fallen and their blood has stained the soils of the earth. The great white philosopher. The great, the great, (laughs) the great race trader. (laughs) I don't, I don't, don't put that in the podcast. Don't put that in the podcast. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, he needs to come on the podcast to defend himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just now are roasting him. Yeah, we do. Um, no, but like Supergirl just doesn't. I don't think it has the narrative strength to have conversations like that in any way that's effective. I understand, and I think the intentions of the writers. You actually are capturing something that I think is real about from a writing perspective of writing this show. It makes sense in that way. Like these writers, they're trying to have conversations, but they're so scattered and they don't lack focus, so they don't know how to and take really large metaphors that maybe they've saw it and then are trying to put in their show yeah. as a viewer who had to fucking 
and pay attention to it 24-7 and got Supergirl crazy. Supergirl crazy. I don't think it's that important <laughs> that these conversations have to be that serious. So what I'm saying is I really like the first three or four seasons of Supergirl. After that, it becomes unbearable. I, I don't know. People who want to send us in emails, go ahead and talk about it. I felt like the first few seasons of Supergirl, it's okay, but it really starts pushing hard into like social justice questions that it does not have the scope to answer. Okay, so the end of the conversation. No, 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 <laughs> Walter, no. unfortunately, 12 episodes. Should we explain why Swade wants to talk about Supergirl on the podcast, too? <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I only watched 12 episodes. What am I going to give you? I just, I, we watched it together. I, I I don't know. When I beat Spider Miles Morales' Spider-Man, there's like so, social justice questions that manifest in the game. No one sits down and is like, and these are social justice questions. The narrative just allows these questions to unfold. And you as a viewer can understand, like, it's about gentrification. It's about police brutality. And violence but it's never like Maz morales never like sits down and looks at the camera and goes and now we're going to talk about police brutality and there are like sections in the later parts of supergirl and i don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on it right like there are lots of movies that have these kind of questions right and i think sometimes supergirl really wants to have these like explicit moments where it's like now we're going to confront police brutality not as a narrative element but as the characters talking about it and i, I just don't think there's enough the characters aren't deep enough to make it feel effective the like general narrative conceits not deep enough to make these things effective and it ends up feeling like either a cash-in or a really unnuanced and like i don't know is it a problem for things to be unnuanced is this too serious of a conversation for supergirl but like i don't know No, I, I just like don't think it's that big of a problem and i know i haven't seen the latest episode so i can't fucking really claim i would find it a problem i view it you have a lot of good horror that's very nuanced you have a lot of bad horror that's not very nuanced. And then you have these dumbass horror sadistic films where someone stabs someone and it's like, hi, look how fucking gross I'm making this scene right in your face. I kind of see that as like, okay, maybe Supergirl is unable to do anything nuancedly, but someone could find this shit really fucking funny. It stimulates some type of social justice energy in their bones that just like, and I don't know if that's like a bad thing, right? It's a little exploitative. I can see that. But so is like, hello, I am cutting this man's throat up so I can suck the blood juices and use it as my bathwater. Exactly. Well, and you are right. You are right that that I might not be the audience for the last three seasons of Supergirl. Well, yeah, cuz like I don't know. I don't want to I'm not I am by no means a paragon of moral and social values and I am by no means a master of, you know, like social justice critique yeah, everyone and stuff already like that. knows with how you think you can lift weights and kill crocodiles so we're gonna we're gonna get back to that we're gonna get back to that because you you took words out of my mouth i i think you're right i think i might not be the audience you and i have both read enough feminist philosophy that like when supergirl like punches a monster and then it's like yeah girl power it like can feel a little silly that's like maybe not a great example but you, you know what i mean there's another there's a, there's an episode where Kara finally loses her temper at her boss and her boss takes her aside because normally her boss is like super bitchy to her all the time but when Kara finally loses her temper she takes her aside and she's like look I don't know what's going on with you but as a woman in the workplace you cannot lose your temper not because it's wrong for you as a woman but because people will not take you seriously and we need to be better than these bigots right and stuff like that which is you know like a like a acknowledgement of reality while still like sort of in the you know, the feminist zeitgeist, right? When a man loses his temper in the workplace, he's seen as passionate. When a woman does it, she's seen as a bitch. So they have that conversation. I've already read 
and like seen and experienced and had conversations that let me already know that I don't need Supergirl to tell me that because I'm the master of social justice. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think you're right that there are people who haven't had that thought in their head. No, 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 no. Is- it's not about learning. It's about the fact that you are like, yes, because if a horror movie is about like cutting my throat up, it's not like I'm learning. At, oh my god, this is a new way that I can watch sadistic torture porn. It's that it gets me excited oh! in a very specific way. You can get very ex- excited about very specific types of social justice. I see what you're saying. That you're like, yes, I'm glad you said this. Like, hell yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I like that better than like on Twitter bullying someone, cyberbullying. If you can get that energy out on Supergirl, isn't that way more healthy That's than true. like going on Twitter and being like, oh my god. This person said this, and I love them, so I'm going to retweet this 600 times and then bully someone else because they asked a question. I don't know. Like, for me, I think it's way more productive for society. Well, okay, that's a big claim. I actually think it's just cool that a show like Supercook can exist and get people to release that energy because I think that energy exists in everyone. Everyone wants to feel a little they did something just to see. No, you're right. I'm actually, I'm not thinking about it in a way that I am being a bad social justice boy. No, but I mean, you're right. I I hadn't thought about it like that way. The idea of like being enthused by an idea being shown. I hadn't thought about it like that. I mean, you know, maybe why I relate to it a little bit. It's not that I relate to Supergirl because I'm 100% the opposite of the Supergirl audience. I relate to it a little bit because I try to explain this to a lot of people. I don't love the Asian diaspora because it makes me learn shit. I love the Asian diaspora because it makes me fucking excited about my identity when I usually don't get a chance to. And I kind of feel like Supergirl fills that space I don't know how toxic it is, and I think there's a bit debate of whether or not it's useful or not useful, or whether or not it will encourage more cyberbullying or less cyberbullying. I think these are all, like, good conversations to have. But if (laughs) Supergirl is also able to let people release this energy of enthusiasm for some type of pride of their ideas, I think there's something useful about that. No, you're right. I had, I, like, literally had not thought about that at all. That is, like, totally, that totally changes my... Oh, no. Swain's going through... An LSD? Never mind, fuck that. That's not even a good funny joke. <laughs> what does LSD have to do with the Supergirl, anyways? I'm going through Nietzsche's anxiety. I'm changing, just like Nietzsche. Oh, Yo, it's so oh. funny, because I'm, like, oh. visiting people, and, like, I- you and me, we don't believe in change. Or maybe you believe in change a little more than me. I don't know, dude, you think I believe in change. I'm not- Walter, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's just, like, I haven't met people for three, four years, and everyone wants to show me, like, how they've changed, how they matured, how they've grown. I think you and I also speak so often that we don't need to articulate that change. But, like, when I see friends I haven't seen in a very long time, we do a catch-up, and we're like, like, I think that's pretty normal. It's like, hey, what's going on in your life? What has changed? I don't know, I'm never interested. <laughs> that's because you're that's because you're mean and spiteful <laughs> trying to talk about how oh much like god. their friends have changed their social life has changed i was like oh my god i legit do not give a shit can we just like talk about dumb shit instead of like your life <laughs> dude see that's why you're an asshole that's why i'm your only friend <laughs> okay so how has your life changed now now that you've realized what i said i mean if we want to be honest and how i'm terrible i guess because a lot of social justice stuff isn't necessarily core to my identity, even though I care about it. I I wasn't thinking about it as like, man, that's an idea I have. I'm glad someone else is seeing it. Uh, or I'm glad I get to see it. I'm glad that I get to see this thing well, reflected. That's why I use horror to give you the example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that makes that makes more sense. So uh, what it, what it is is my <laughs> my white male privilege. What, 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 what was that line? There was this one episode where the boss of Supergirl is 
getting cat, her cat, pack cat, cat, cat of cat code. She's getting her emails hacked. And it's like, oh no. And then one of the persons that might be her ally, she writes a strongly mean email. What does she uh, She calls like, him the, the uh, like the perfect example of heteronormative white male privilege, something like that. Yes, exactly. Maybe Kat wrote an email like that to you. Wait, let me check my email. Oh, I got an email from Supergirl. She says I'm a misogynist. <laughs> she says I'm a bigot. And she says I have a small, tiny wiener. And that I should be okay with that because bodies comes in all different shapes and sizes. I will say the reason why I've become more less like, oh, why is social justice around me all the time? Like, why is so much woke are shit? You, <laughs> wait, are you, don't say that like I'm the person who's like, oh, no, social but I justice feel like is around me. People go through a phase like that. Yes, they do. They do. They are always like, I mean, this is like just a fucking thing people do. They like get frustrated that like they think, like, why does it always have to be in front of my face? Okay, but like that's maybe because it's an energy. I'm not always watching movies to learn shit. And I think for some reason, people always think the films they don't understand, it's because they didn't teach them anything. When really, a lot of times you like a movie or you like a story, it doesn't always come from the lesson you learned. It comes from like an aesthetic or like a type of energy that gets transferred from what you're like watching or reading and it gets transferred to you. So for an example, when you're like watching a badass movie and like you see the character do something badass and you're like, oh, that was so fucking sweet. I wish I, oh, that's so cool. And you're like jized about like the, the hero is just like, beheaded the final enemy dragon knight and is like going against the final wizard and then you show and it to like, your girlfriend and that's why your girlfriend is broken up with you and you're like what why <laughs> your girlfriend is the bigot there <laughs> yes that is because because wizards are people too <laughs> I, I think what you've been saying which i've not which i did not think about is that for some people or cara danvers being told about how bigoted the workplace can be is like the equivalent of seeing the badass warrior get ready to kill the wizard. See, we I learned so much from you, dude. I learned I love you so much, man. <laughs> I learned so much from you. Without oh, you, I just come back to Rono can stop in this fucking shithole of a trash can. Oh, was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I actually... It's a good thing. That... Yeah. They all left. It's a good thing that, that the people in your house don't listen to the podcast. Just so everyone knows, like I've been getting woken up by like literal flies. That's bizarre. Do they do they do they keep doors open or something, maybe? Also, they're definitely just like Swade's house, actually mice. Oh yeah, there are <laughs> mice in my house. Yeah. Can I tell you something, Walter? I did like clean my house before you came because I didn't want you to <laughs> like because my house was grody. We don't have fly not my house, but like my room and my car and stuff was super grody. Like and I my, when you got here, my room was by no means spotless i knew if my house was disgusting you were gonna roast me so i just like you know i I made sure it was a little a little nicer flies flies are bad and we do get flies in our house sometimes and it is because we leave the door open no but your flies don't bother me when i sleep that's the fucking problem well yeah because we get rid of them when they're in the house that's like because we we make it a point to make sure the flies are not in the house i'm not even a clean fucking person so i don't really know what i'm complaining but I will get up in the morning and I'll take a shit and the whole toilet bowl is a little moldy, which is fine. I sit on the toilet bowl and I have to sit carefully because the latch of the toilet seat cover is not very attached. So it will move a little too much. And if I move way too much, I 100% sure it will be broken. Yeah, but see, that's no, fuck you, dude. That's not a cleanliness thing. That's a like, I don't have the money to fix my toilet thing, you asshole. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, 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 I get that. So this is like a privilege thing. Then I have my towel. I'm looking around where to put it. Unfortunately, the floor has all hair. So I look for the towel rack. 
and the towel rack is broken. So I leave them outside of the toilet. Now I jump in the shower and I turn on the heat and the faucet to the heat has broken off too. I understand it's a privileged thing, but it is pretty funny some of how it is all privileged. three things that I need are broken and disgusting. <laughs> so, okay, some of it is privilege. Some of it is, I mean, like, I don't know. My 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 house three is by no means broken. spotless, but like, three things? you should not have. No, the broken thing, I get yeah, that. But you have to understand how it feels like to like, okay, the shit wasn't perfect because I'm a little scared about breaking it. Oh, the shower thing falls off. Oh, where do I put my towel? <laughs> Dude, I don't no? know. I, I, okay. I've been in places like that. But I, I, I do too. think... Me too! Me too! I know. It's not a complaining thing. It's a fun... I don't know. Maybe it's not fun. You don't find it fun. You find it, like, offensive? I guess. I, don't I know. think you're being a dick, that's all. I think you're being a, a jerk. I think you need to apologize. Okay, I apologize to everyone who has broken bathrooms. I don't actually think it's bad to have a broken bathroom. I just think it's, like, kind of funny. No, I complained about it in a way that made it sound not funny. So first of all, to all our new listeners from the bookmarks that we've been handing out, we love you guys. Uh, you're great. Yeah, and honestly, I know I said this before in the beginning. If this fucking is why you are listening to this episode, let us know seriously because we want to gather some research and you're our research little babies. Otherwise, we won't know if these bookmarks are useful or not. We're just going to think they're for people to get paper cuts. Yeah, so either let us know on Twitter at fakefilmfans or email us. Um, then that address is fakefilmfans at gmail.com. Give us pity, listeners. If you want to give us pity, you can use the email fakefilmfans at gmail.com. Swade, how would you write a pity email to us? Uh, <laughs> dear fake film fans, sometimes when you guys make mistakes, it makes me love you more and makes me want to come to your house and kiss you on the mouth and the lips. By the way, my name is Natalie Portman from when I was in Star Wars. And I love you. And I swayed you're so beautiful. And Walter, I, you're not quite someone I would want to kiss, but I would get a sandwich with you. Get a big, big sandwich from that guy you were talking about, Mr. Cricket. I would like to eat pastami sandwiches with you. Me, Natalie Portman. Thank you, Natalie Portman. Number one fan, number one fan. You've been on a Natalie Portman kick, huh? I have seen almost all of the first two sequences in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I have, like, one more left in the uh, part two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I gotta watch Ant-Man again. I-, I think when I finish them all, which I plan to do sooner rather than later, we'll probably do a- an episode on it, but right now I just want to say, they're fine. They're not terrible. The best person in it is Robert Downey Jr. He's got so much fucking charisma on screen. He's, like, half of the reason to watch these movies if you want to watch a fun movie. Ugh. You hate Robert Downey I Jr., do. huh? Why? He's the only character with, like, any... You know what it really is? He embraces all the stuff about acting that I hate. Uh, the American acting that I hate. I don't like it when actors take more personality than the movie itself. Oh, you mean, like, like a movie that is a vehicle for an actor rather than a movie that exists outside itself? And I don't think any fucking film that Robert Downey Jr. does has ever been about the film. It's always been about him. Well, that's what those Marvel movies are. They're vehicles for these characters. Okay, I don't like Robert Downey Jr. because all his movies are like this, not just Marvel. Like, his whole entire discography, in my opinion, is just him fucking out acting 
of movies, which I think is stupid. I don't think that means you know how to act, in my honest opinion. I think there are some movies that allow for that to happen, and I think that's fantastic if you can do it very well in those movies. But if you can't fucking reduce your fucking self at all in any of your movies, I just don't believe you're an actor. That's how I feel. I can see that. I don't know if I agree with disliking that. I, I will say that the times I've gotten hype watching these movies have been when Iron Man is on screen. Like, the only time I've been like, oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, was like when Iron Man shows up. But anyways, the reason I've been on a Natalie Portman kick is because she showed up in Thor, which I do not like those movies. I'm sorry to any Thor fans. that I actually skipped Thor Dark World. I'm going to make sure Thor is my favorite. <laughs> Dude, you're not going to like the <laughs> Thor movies. I promise you, you won't like them. Uh, but Natalie Portman is, is in them, and she is a very cute. You still like the Star Wars Natalie Portman more than this Natalie Portman. I think, to be frank, my favorite Natalie Portman is the a Saturday Night Live sketch where she raps. Okay. That's my favorite Natalie Portman. Okay. <laughs> but what really matters is Walter. Yeah. In the last episode, you really harp, and while we were here visiting people, you kept asking them if they thought it was a toxic masculine trait of me saying that I could beat an alligator in a fight. You took words out of my mouth because I did not say, oh, it would be so easy to beat an alligator. I said, I think I could do it. In the same way that like, you know, I think I could escape from a burning building. I don't know 100% that I could do it, but I have a plan. I have an alligator attack plan. Fair. But when I ask people around here, Usually, you defend yourself because of your defensive nature of a person. And therefore, the conversation gets extrapolated into how you already understand it's a difficult thing, but you still think you could do it. And guess what? Still, everyone says it's a toxic masculine thing to do. No, no, Yes, no. yes. <laughs> no. I think Was I that could not do true? It was true. It was true. But that's because everyone is just down on themselves. I know I would be able to at least attempt this. So in that way, I know what I can attempt to fly. What's your plan to fly? It would be to take hormones. That's see and grow wings. That's not a thing you fly. can do. I do. I mean, if I wanted to fly, first thing I would do is I would get. I, w I don't think I could fly, but I could glide. I get a gliding tool. You wouldn't. You're afraid of heights. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, because I'm afraid of everything. Well, except alligators, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, there are steps one can take to make flying a little closer to be possible, right? Like, if I wanted to fly, make enough money to where I could buy one of those water jetpacks. So the only reason why you think this statement is superior than my statement is because you have a plan. So a plan, a plan that is actionable. So for you, a plan is what makes things masculine. No, it's not about masculinity. <laughs> it's about pragmatism, right? Like, the, 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 tell me if you can hear a difference. I know that alligators' jaws, alligators' jaw strength uh, is stronger closing than opening. So if I can get their jaws shut, I've dealt with their jaws, and then I just need to figure out how to escape from that situation, probably by like taping its jaws shut. Or tying its jaws shut and then running. Versus, oh, an alligator? You know what I'm going to do? I am going to punch it three times in the snout. And then I'm going to dodge forward and hit it with a roundhouse kick. And activate my secret technique. Like, one of those makes no sense. And one of those is, like, pragmatic. Because that's what your flight plan is. No, you know what? It would be more like, you know what would be more like? I have my alligator plan and your alligator plan would be, I'm going to shoot a laser Super at go my crazy. Eyeballs. You can't shoot lasers from your eyeballs. Okay, so your point was that 
my plan to fight an alligator is less sound than your plan to fight an alligator. And that's what you want people to celebrate. Yes. And that I think using a plan, you can under- over- overcome many obstacles. Okay, that is still debatable. <laughs> there are some obstacles that no matter how much planning you do, it won't happen. And I think a lot of people in this conversation just disagree the crocodiles is one of those obstacles that you can use a plan to overcome. That's crazy. People have survived alligator attacks. Therefore, it is possible for me to survive. Look, there's no way to overcome death, right? Because everyone dies. There's no way to plan for overcoming death. You know what it really is? No one has faith in me. And that's what it is. I have bad friends who don't have faith that I could destroy an alligator. It's actually that despite the fact that you don't think you show signs of masculinity, which is fine, it's because everyone has seen your patterns of behavior in your 25 years. So therefore, when you make a statement like this, you have to prove extra hard it doesn't come from masculinity. So you are cursed. You know what? You are well, cursed. For our 300th episode, for our 300th episode, I'm going to wrestle an alligator. Okay, then you have prep. You're probably going to be working out and you're going to do other things. Okay, so then how about this? After our 200th episode, at any time, you can come to America or and say, hey, I've got a flight. It's time to, for you to fight an alligator. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna be motivated enough to like want to show you because the point for me is less about whether or not you can fight an alligator. It's the fact that your desire to win on an alligator, no one trusts. It does not come from masculinity. I mean, I don't know much about oppression politics, but to be honest, this is what you're experiencing. You're experiencing a restriction of your freedom of individuality because of your body. That is true. That is true. People think the only reason I think I can defeat an alligator is because I'm being toxically masculine when i know because you're a toxic masculine because of my expert planning skills which anyone can do okay then if you truly believe in that maybe what you should actually do that is fight for all the people whose bodies get ridden over 24 7 instead of this one time about crocodiles (laughs) walter i'm gonna defeat every alligator now this is my creed i've managed to twist it back onto my side now all the social justice warriors are my side even though i was being mean about the house (laughs) yeah even though walter's like oh this house has some hairs how dirty where's that filipino maid to clean like the one at my house i don't know i clean my own house they have a broken they have a broken how could they have a broken don't you know i everything in my house is made of solid gold <laughs> fucking rich asshole if i was like uh I, if i was a stone gouger this is what you would be hearing oh the one time your body gets overridden and you can't express your freedom you're freaking out typical of the white man <laughs> no because you're twisting my words you're making this into something political you are attempting to make it political. The problem is when I hear it, it sounds political. That's the problem. That's a you thing. No, because we have proven everyone when they hear it think of it as a political thing. No, it's the way you frame. No, it's you. It's the way you frame the question. You're the one who frames the question. This is a this is a causation does not equal correlation issue. No, but You're the point is, for so many other different bodies, this happens all the fucking time, twenty four seven. Walter, that's not what we're talking about right now. What we're talking about right now <laughs> is that it you. Is. <laughs> it's not. It's about you framing the question. I hate you. You've taken something pure and beautiful, which is me fighting an alligator. Yeah, but I mean, I still have that same opinion with sacrificing yourself to save me. So, see, this is—I try to do something for you. I try to care about you. I try to love you, and you turn it into something political and hateful.
You're right, Walt. So you know what my new crusade is? I think that anyone can fight an alligator. With the proper planning, anyone can fight an alligator. That you can, There is evidence in the podcast that I said it does not matter if you are a man or a woman. If you can get the alligator's jaws shut, you have a chance. I said that. No, in no, the no. Bit. That's fair. That's fair. But I'm saying like it's not easy to recognize because of the patterns. Because the patterns of your past. And that fucking happens to everyone. That's not like me being a bully and like manipulation. That literally happens to everyone. You know what a great fucking pattern? You are the one who fucking claimed that you don't like grinder because you only like to date people you can beat up. <laughs> Or, no, uh, you're, you're taking right? no. So, you are <laughs> taking that out of context. You are a hundred percent taking that out of context. What I said is, I don't feel comfortable going on grinder dates with dudes who are tougher than me in case they want to assault me. My point is that every single time where I react weirdly, it's because it's like related to like, oh, it's coming for your ball. No, you have a chip on your shoulder about this. You have a chip on your shoulder right now. I can see you have a Dorito on one shoulder and a Lay's potato chip on the other man because you have chips on your shoulder. Okay, then fine. What else? Something about your body defines an identity that restricts one of your free thoughts. What is it? I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So let this. Nothing's let restricting this be- my body. Nothing's restricting. No, you're, you're misunderstanding. You're, you're, you're thinking that my body is restricted. I'm saying that you put things through a lens. Yeah, I agree. But I think when it comes to this crocodile example, the reason why everyone else also agreed that they didn't think you could be an alligator was because it was connected to that lens. No one has faith in me. And you know what, listeners? That's okay. No one has faith in me, but I have faith in me, and I have faith in you. Listeners, right now, I want you to look in your hands. I want you to see the power in your hands. Not the power of strength, not the power of, 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 of justice, but the power of knowing that with the proper planning, anyone can do anything. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you are, doesn't matter anything, as long as you plan, and you know, and you have faith in yourself. Said I stand by what I said. We, you know, we, we as individuals, as long as we care about each other, and we have faith, and we have a plan. To be honest, if you work out, and you keep, if you keep doing your routine right now, and you have a plan, I believe you no, have a chance oh of beating God. an alligator and a crocodile. Guys, just listen to the podcast. Just share it. Share it and listen to it. Thank you.